Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome to the campfire. My name's Tony. My name's Peggy. And we are really appreciative of the fact that you're back here with us. Or maybe this is your first time here at the campfire with us. But And if it is, then welcome. Right. And if uh, you're back, thank you. We're going to start out this week on a bit of a serious note. We have come to know some of the people who also do other RV podcasts. And Abby and Jason Epperson are, are two of the people who we've gotten to meet in this industry. And this week, uh, Jason Epperson had a complete curveball thrown his way. Abby and Jason are a young couple who uh, have three kids and wander the U.S. and do a really good job with uh, two podcasts and videos and all of that. And Jason had to have emergency brain surgery. I mean, you wouldn't want to wish that on your worst enemy, Not let alone anybody. no, let alone somebody as cool as he. So, uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for the GoFundMe to to give their family a little a little boost in in their expenses. I mean, it's just he's uh, a healthy young gentleman and uh, just contracted something and and had to have emergency brain surgery. About the worst thing you want to hear somebody yeah, tell you for sure. So, so just want them to know that we're thinking about them and yeah, wishing and, Jason all the best. Yeah, hold them in your in your thoughts and maybe help them out if, if you're able. So all the best to you, Jason. You're a good man. Um, On a completely different note, we want to thank Heather and Trey for listening and also for bringing your beautiful 1966 aristocrat to Clear Lake Campground in Lake County. Uh, we wish we had got to meet you, but we're happy that you went and stayed with Lisa for a couple of days and that you were kind enough to let us share the pictures. And I hope you had a terrific time. Yeah, they uh, they listen and they stop at Clear Lake Campground and they're 66 aristocrat, as Peggy said. And we have a interview coming up in a future episode uh, about vintage trailers. We we truly dig vintage trailers. Love we them. we started out almost owning a 1966 Winnebago. Yeah, we did. Well, uh, and, yeah. and and the dream has not completely died. No, that's true. We're, It'll we're, be a different vintage RV, but that's still on the burners. Yep, we are we are shopping. So there you go. This week we're talking RV Power 101, and what spurred this conversation was. Uh, we had a number of people email us or contact us in all the various ways that you can. And by the way, if you would like to contact us, you can do so through stresslesscamping.com. After last week's episode, right? After yeah. last week's episode, when we talked about solar panels and charging your batteries and working on just your batteries to go boondocking, we had a lot of questions about what can my batteries run? What can my batteries not run? How does it work? So we thought we'd give you just a little basic information about what you can run off your batteries and what kind of power you need for different parts of the RVs. There seems to be a lot of confusion about RV electrical systems. And so we want to do some very basic stuff about that because, as you know, I'm kind of a geek with all this RV stuff. And so I'll share the little that I know. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start with, there are effectively two 
electrical systems inside your RV. And you can think of it this way. There's the 12-volt electrical system and the 110-volt electrical system. And with with few exceptions, that's pretty much true for all RVs. The 12-volt system essentially uses the battery in your RV to run stuff and... Uh, the 110-volt system uses either shore power or an inverter or even a generator to run stuff. And that inverter can come from your battery. Right. 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 Not, just, now we're confused. Just, yeah. Right? But now yeah. we're confused because, it's, because it converts battery power into... 110. 110. Right. <laughs> so there you go. I'm already lost. See? There you go. Okay. So let's start with the 12-volt system. 12-volt is also what your car's electrical system or your tow vehicle's electrical system has so you're driving around in a car whatever uh or tow vehicle if you're using that and that car or truck uses 12 volts that battery that's under the hood or wherever it is is a 12 volt battery and it powers the headlights and the interior lights and the dashboard and the radio and all of that and well, then similar to that is a battery that's attached to your RV. Right. Uh, motor home, travel trailer, doesn't matter. Effectively, the same kind of battery that's in your tow vehicle, I realize, are deep cycle. But anyway, um, that battery then runs the interior lights on your RV. It runs, if you have a propane heater, it actually runs the 12-volt fan motor that blows the heat throughout the RV. It runs the fan in your bathroom for example. Sorry, it allows you to use your USB ports and charge phones yeah, and things have, with your USB ports. If you have USB ports, it'll it'll run those. Um, it might run your television. Some RVs have a 12-volt TV. Most of them probably do not. Uh, so it may or may not run your television, and it de- that depends on the TV more than anything. It uh, runs the pump for your water if you're on if you're using fresh water tank instead of uh instead of being hooked up to the city water right so that and possibly the most important thing it runs the co detector the uh, carbon monoxide detector and the reason i say that's one of the more important things as your battery at fully charged it will run that thing just fine. But as it drops in voltage, as you turn on lights or do different things, it will drop in voltage to the point where the carbon monoxide detector will start beeping. And of course, it's going to happen in the absolute (laughs) middle of the night when you're in the forest, surrounded by bears and wolves, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? (laughs) I mean, it's never like at a convenient time that that happens. So... That's probably the most obvious thing that happens uh, if that 12-volt battery dips below a specific voltage. Is that And that carbon monoxide detector is designed to chirp very, very loudly so that it wakes you up and makes you aware, hey, I need a charge. Or, so, or hey, there's carbon monoxide. Yeah, usually it's, it's to wake you up and let you know the batteries run low. And, uh, of course, that always happens... In the winter, too, I, batteries don't work as well in cold as they do when it's warm. Plus, you need more lights and you need the fan for the heater more. So right. you're probably using a little bit more battery. And by the way, we have a chart 
on stresslesscamping.com that shows the draw of different 12 volt items. And I was surprised when I did that how much that heater fan draws. It's it does. It draws a lot of of battery power. Yeah, I was I was really surprised by that. So anyway, but still, you can easily go a good amount of time on those twelve volt batteries or on that one twelve volt battery if you only have one, and and be just fine. Now, how does that battery get charged back up? Solar panels. Well, that's one way. <laughs> Solar panels. Um, if you are at a place where you have either shore power or a generator, because, well, let's let's talk travel trailers. Travel trailer, you have that big fat plug that you plug into the park. If there's no park power, that big fat plug then plugs into your generator if you have one. And that then generates 110 volts AC. But that also goes to an inverter, which is a box inside your RV, that will convert that to 12 volt and charge your battery back up. So oh. when you're yeah, when you're on shore power, that inverter is converting the 110 to 12 volt and charging your battery, and that means all your lights and all that work just fine. So lights literally only work on 12 volt. Correct. Ah. I thought the lights switched to shore power. Nope. They're all 12 volt. See, even I can learn. Yeah. <laughs> From the RV geek, right? <laughs> so now you know basically what runs on 12 volt. Now the rest of it is 110. And that's the, you know, the plugs like you'd see inside your house. Those are all 110. The microwave is always 110. And your RV refrigerator, if you have a dual mode that's gas or electric, it can run on 110. Uh, and so can the water heater. If you have a dual mode gas electric water heater, that runs on 110. And the air conditioner runs on 110. Yes, and the air conditioner always has to run on 110. So without a good solid source of 110 volt electricity, such as a generator or shore power, or really good inverter and a fat set of batteries, <laughs> those things don't work at all. You're going to need shore power to run, again, air conditioner, microwave, the inverter, which puts electricity into the batteries and all of that. So that's your 110. A generator can, while it's charging the 12-volt batteries, can also run some of the 110 items. Is that right? Let's think of this as a hose, right? So the amount of electricity that if you are running either a generator or plugged into shore power... Let's think of it as a hose. That 110 that's coming out of shore power or generator, think of it as like a fire hose, right? It's it's a big, fat, whole lot of water coming in. Well, in this case, electricity, but it's a lot coming in. But it's still only a certain amount. So that air conditioner on the roof of your RV may take a significant chunk of that electricity coming in so if you want to run the air conditioner and another high draw item so okay with electricity generally anytime you want to change temperature it takes a lot of electricity right so blow dryers toasters microwaves, microwaves. if you have one of those crock little pots. yeah cry crock pots are pretty efficient because it's slow 
you know, I don't know. Electric skillets? <laughs> Definitely. That's a big. So you may only have enough electricity coming in from shore power, depending on your RV, to run the air conditioner and one other smaller item. But not the air conditioner and the microwave. Correct. Or the air conditioner and a hair blower. Right. So Which that's is why, why we leave ours at home. Oh, wait. We don't have one. Never mind. No. Oh, we have one because we peeled paint once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. We do. <laughs> <laughs> and we took the stickers off our trailer. And we use it to defrost the freezer. And that. <laughs> we have a vintage 1950s pink refrigerator in our sticks and bricks house, so... We do need a hair blower for that. <laughs> so anyway, so with the 110 coming in, you like I say, you have a limited amount. And so you need to know how much power the different things draw before you just turn stuff on right. and blow a circuit. And in your RV, there is a fuse box. If you do draw too much power, a couple of things may happen. You may trip one of those circuits in the fuse box or the uh, circuit breaker panel, and that little lever kind of halfway goes to the other side, and you'll go, oh, trip that circuit. Just like in the house. Right. Or you may just trip the whole darn thing at the pedestal, which means you're really pulling some power. (laughs) That doesn't really sound very good. when you're running your blast furnace. (laughs) (laughs) So you may have to go out there. Also, inside that same area, you'll see a bunch of fuses that look just like the one in your car. So the fuses that are like the ones in your car are 12-volt electricity. So if you open that panel, you'll see the levers. That's 110. And you'll see all the fuses like in the car. That's 12-volt. On a lot of these RV circuit panels, if you blow a fuse, a 12-volt fuse, a little light comes on next to it. So you know. Oh, Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is because... Otherwise, you're pulling fuses and looking. And, of course, they never put that where it's convenient because... So was was Adam's uh, fuse that was uh, hidden behind the thing, did it have a light on okay. it? Okay. We, we talked don't have about to talk this. about that. No, it, it's so <laughs> frustrating to me. So in this wiring of your RV, there's all these fuses and there's the circuit breakers. And a friend of ours, Adam, he took a, a panel off his RV because he was doing something with wiring, I don't know what. And he found a fuse behind the panel, not marked, not lighted, just hidden. And so, yes, there is a chance if you blow a fuse, and this was 12 volt, if you blow a, a fuse that you may look at your panel and go, well, none of the little none of red the lights light. are on. Right, none of the fuses are bad. There is some chance that they hid yet another fuse in a completely ridiculous spot great yeah well so then you just start pulling Uh, panels off the wall you hope not Um, one (laughs) of the places that there is very likely a fuse is if you have a travel trailer there's typically one in line it's called an inline fuse surprisingly for the power tongue jack if you have one of those oh so there's that too. So that it's likely that you'll find that very near the jack uh, outside, and it's not in the fuse box. But you, the, it's pretty obvious. It's like you push the button on the jack and nothing happens, and it's like yeah, I probably blew a fuse. Blew a fuse. It's what I get for trying to lift up the back end of my Sherman tank when I'm towing with it. <laughs> so I hope you haven't gotten too confused by this. Uh, it's 
like I say, uh, look at on our article about RV electricity. We have a guide there that talks about the different draw of different things. And if you know that you've got 30 amps, think of it as, as cups, right? So 30 amps coming in, think of it as 30 cups of water. And you know that the air conditioner takes 18 cups of water, for example. Well, that leaves you with just 12. So if your hair dryer takes 15, you don't you have can't 15. can't use them together. Right. Or the microwave takes 15. Again, can't use them together. Well, you can for a very, 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 very short, short period of time until <laughs> the fuse goes, nope. <laughs> so... So before we talk about electricity ever again, we have to come up with something better than water because it really scares me to talk about electricity as water. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shocking topic. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, I was the whole time I'm like, oh, so where am I going to fit that pun right in there? Well, there you go. <laughs> Got it. No extra charge. No additional charge for that pun. So <laughs> Anyway, well, hopefully that helps you. Some people are still like, what? <laughs> but uh, hopefully that helps. But you if you with... are, write to us and we'll we'll try again. We'll try using some other analogy. Yeah, maybe not cups of water. <laughs> Little very basic primer on RV electricity and why you can't run your hair blower and your microwave and your air conditioner all at the same time. So we'll be right back in just a moment. We're going to... Go road tripping to Long Beach, California. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I see you're packing for our next road trip. Oh, yeah. These are all the ingredients for making different grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub stick. Great. But uh, where are the clothes? I got all kinds of inspiration for making grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub sticks over the campfire. There are 11 kinds of cheese and bacon, bacon jam, ham. Five kinds of bread. Oh, wait, okay. That's all for making grilled cheese sandwiches? Yeah. I know the grub stick is the perfect campfire accessory made of quality parts that work together for sandwiches, hot dogs, s'mores, woofums, and all sorts of other great meals. But isn't this a bit too much variety? Camping is supposed to be simple. Oh, it's simple to use your grub stick over the campfire or even on the barbecue to make great meals. And even kids can use them safely and easily. Plus, with the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS, you get 15% off your grub sticks. It's the best deal around. Yeah, but it's going to take us weeks to eat that mini grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> oh, yeah. Weeks of grilled cheese. You say that like it's a bad thing. And you haven't even seen what I packed for breakfast and dinners. We are going to be camping for months. My husband is insane. But Grubstick is the perfect cooking accessory for any campfire, and you can get 15% off using the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS from our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. We are going to Long Beach, California. I love Long Beach, California. I do too. A lot of times when you go camping or RVing, you're going to try to go somewhere in the woods or the wilderness or whatnot. This is the city. It is the city, and but sometimes you need to be near events or people or things or... Or just cool just, stuff. just want to do some city stuff. Really? Sometimes, sometimes if you live in the sticks too much, you actually crave the city a little bit. That's us. That's, that's me. Him. Yeah, that's not Peggy. <laughs> Peggy loves living up here. I in like the, the sticks. Yeah, I know. But 
We do love to go to Long Beach. Yes. Typically where we've stayed is the Golden Shore RV Resort. And it's kind of right in the thick of things. It, it's well-maintained. It's a nice place. The The people are friendly. It's got a, one of our uh, cornerstone features. It's got a jacuzzi yeah. tub. Or rather, it's got a hot tub. Hot tub. Towers are clean. The place is clean. People are nice. What more do you want? It's, uh, it's literally at the end of the Long Beach Freeway. Right, and it's really close to the Queen Mary. Yes. it's on. The, you take the same exit, right, as if you're going yeah. to the Queen Mary. Yeah. On the subject, that's something you may want to see is the Queen Mary, which is a big ocean liner that's just permanently moored there. and But it's still floating. Right. Uh, it was more recently built than the Titanic and less sinky. <laughs> Good thing. <laughs> yeah. Back in a previous life, I used to do a lot of special events, special events and event planning and stuff for what I did. And one of the places that I used a lot was the Queen Mary. And God, I love that place. It's so pretty. It's such a beautiful ship. And it's, you know, it was built back when, back when uh, there was some, some pride in craftsmanship. Yeah, it's just, it, it's that, all that typical old wood and those just ornate construction and it's art, it's art deco. It is art deco and it's really beautiful. There are paid tours that you can go on, but if you don't want to go on a paid tour, you can go, I believe, still up to the observation bar, which is at the bow of the ship. I don't remember. No, it's at the stern. It's at the back end of the ship. (laughs) I was trying to think, which end of the ship is it on? And it's this beautiful art deco bar overlooking the harbor there and all that. And so grab a drink and pretend you're on the Titanic. Right. (laughs) And uh, so that's kind of cool, but there are and there are restaurants on the ship, yeah, and stores, and and the state rooms have been converted converted into a little, and I say little because we're so used to big spacious things these days. But um, state rooms were never very big, and so the hotel rooms aren't very big. But you get to sleep on the Queen Mary, yeah. So if if that's something you might dig, you might take one night out of your. RV or whatever and and sleep on the Queen Mary. Now, there are also tours that they have that take you all throughout the Queen Mary. And come Halloween, that time of year, they have a lot of haunted tours of the Queen Mary because it is reportedly quite haunted. Now, do they only do haunted tours at Halloween? I don't know. Because I'm sure it's haunted all year long. Well, maybe. (laughs) I don't think the ghosts just move in and out in October. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, right? It's time for Halloween. Let's go to the Queen Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the cool things, uh, unfortunately, there are parts of the ship that are off limits, including the swimming pool, which is supposedly the most Most haunted. haunted. Yeah, I've been there. It's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Queen Mary is one of the things you might enjoy in Long Beach. Yeah. One of my favorite things to go is to the aquarium. And I have taken a lot of nieces and nephews there and had a great time there. It's got a lorikeet enclosure. So you can go in and play with the little, little pretty little birds. Yeah, they land all over you. And they land on you. And uh, it's got a shark petting tank. Yeah. Wait, Not, sharks? Yeah, well, there's yeah, sharks I guess so. The rays, the the yeah. rays and stuff. But it's a great aquarium, 
and it's a great experience. Yeah, they've done a superb job with that thing with those. I like how, I don't remember what the interval is, but periodically the lights go down. Yeah. And they have all these projectors and sound and they do these like shows about. Kind of on the ceiling and on the yeah. walls of the of the main room. Yeah. Here's where and, your tuna comes from. And then there's all kinds of side rooms. So there's, there's like a whole jellyfish room and there's a, you know penguin room or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, it's, well, it's there, pretty cool. Because there's like rooms that, that are like from different parts of the world. So there's like an Arctic. Yeah. Uh, there's exhibits, all these exhibits, side yeah. exhibits and there's big ones and little ones. And and you can yeah. walk through a tube and the fish, the sharks and stuff are swimming all yeah. around you, above you and below you. Yeah. So if you like that, well, I mean, it's pretty cool. You, you got to see that. Another thing you'll notice in Long Beach uh, is you look out and there's these four islands and these islands have these neat, nicely illuminated buildings that or they're nicely illuminated at night. They probably don't turn the lights on in the day. You can't go there. I wouldn't want to. No, because <laughs> what they are is <laughs> they're, they're camouflaged oil derricks. That's right. So it was designed in the 60s by Disney architect Joseph Linus. Oh, really? Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so as cool as they look, they actually are working. Yeah. And uh, dirty and probably smelly. But they look cool. That's true. And they're they're, uh, bringing us oil. Yeah. And then each was named for an astronaut that was killed on a mission. Another thing in Long Beach, it's the jumping point for... Catalina. Yeah, Catalina. Yeah. Catalina is an island about 26 miles across the sea. Oh, there we go. (laughs) See? Good thing for that song. That probably didn't sound anything like the right song, but, you know. (laughs) I wish we could play these songs on the podcast. I wish they'd get all the music licensing. But that's just Tony's gripe. Catalina is this super cool island right off LA, or the Southern California coastline. And it's one of Channel Islands. It's the, called the Channel Islands. It's the closest of the the only one that's inhabited. And it's when you get there, that you're in the town of Avalon, and it's just a cute little tourist town. Uh, and then on one end of the island, and then you can take tours off to the other side of the island and, and up to the airport and things like that. Yeah, and see Buffalo. And see Buffalo that live there. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of, they were brought there for a movie shoot, and they're still all yeah. there. And then the whole island, here's a little bit of stupid trivia for you. The whole island used to be owned by the Wrigley family, you know, chewing gum people. Oh. Yeah. So you can go to the Wrigley house and the whole, they owned it and eventually sold it or gave it to LA or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's kind of cool because it's so, it's such a small space that basically most people drive around in golf carts. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, cool. There's you hardly any cars and, that drive around. Yeah, and lots of bars. All yeah. That. So, <laughs> Catalina, it's it's pretty cool. Long Beach also has a lot of museums. Not that we've been to a lot of them, but there they are. They are there. And it is classy with that stuff. Yeah. Like the Long Beach Museum, Museum of, Art. of Art. And then there's also uh, Shoreline Village. Oh, Which yeah. is a cute little uh, village uh, of stores and shops and um, really brightly painted. So, it's kind of... It's kind of memorable in that but it's got great great shops and restaurants a lot of fun to just hang out for the day yeah that's true there there's a whole bunch of stuff there and it's got that whole beach vibe yeah from southern california which is kind of cool a lot of boardwalk around the the harbors and 
looking at the boats and yeah seagulls stealing your french fries right <laughs> <laughs> and then uh also a walkie area near long beach is belmont shores right it's another it's an older like downtowny district yeah more of a more of a street wait street walking hmm <laughs> <laughs> how do you think we bought all this podcast equipment <laughs> It's, That's it's terrible. It's shops along a street and a sidewalk rather than Shoreline Village. You kind of park in a parking lot and then you walk over to the village, and you're not you're not always wondering about getting having to cross a street and get run over by a car. Yeah, if you're <laughs> if you're in Shoreline Village, does that make you a village person? I think so. Okay. <laughs> but that's not where the YMCA is. <laughs> But this, you could probably go there to join the Navy. Oh, that's true. Oh, <laughs> and you'll see a, a peace officer. Yeah, probably. So there you go. You got three of the four. <laughs> or were there five? I don't remember. I don't know. I was just naming songs. I know. Dear God. All right. Um, <laughs> while in Long Beach, one of the places uh, that we have been going to for years is Chuck's. The home of the weasel. That's right. Uh, it's it is a fixture there in Long Beach, and uh, they have this breakfast item called the weasel. Oh, weasel! It's terrific. What is it? I I mean, it's I know there's chili. It's like a a plate of food. Yeah, it's it, it has <laughs> something. Peggy and I make this when it's like you just take a bunch of stuff that's in the fridge, and rather than call it leftovers, it's just plate of food. We should just call ours a weasel too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, it is. It's. I think it's uh, hash browns and chili and cheese and eggs and yeah. probably, yeah. I think that, that yeah. might be about it. You'd but, think as many times as I've eaten that darn yeah. thing, right? <laughs> I guess it's time to go back. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we are on our way to Quartzsite that's when we true. go back. So that was the last time we were there is when we're coming from right. Quartzsite. So, and, it's, and Chuck's is kind of cool. It's on like a corner. So it's one of those like... Um, I think they call flat iron buildings, right? Kind of a triangle-shaped building. Okay, I didn't know that's what they're called, but I'll buy that for a dollar. That's like a New York thing or something. In Long Beach, also, you can see the skinniest house in the U.S. I don't think that I knew that. (laughs) It's just I do not remember knowing that. (laughs) So here's the weird thing. Some say it was built after a bet. That it was like a an error oh. or something in the property lines, and it's a ten foot by fifty I foot piece of dirt. I do remember that. Yeah, I, I I think I thought it was in San Francisco. To no, be honest, it's, it's ten feet wide and three stories tall. It's yeah. only nine feet wide inside. So there you go, the skinniest house in the U.S. The Korean Friendship Bell. It's not exactly in Long Beach. It's actually in the adjacent San Pedro, where there's. By the way, a street trolley, an old-fashioned street trolley you can ride up and down the wharf there. Uh, but big bell. Yeah. Which would be a good thing as a friendship bell, is to be a bell. Well, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, some <laughs> stuff is called stuff, and then you look and you're like, well, that's... That's a coffee one. cup, not a bell. Yeah. No, this is a gigantic <laughs> bell. Overlooking the Palos Verdes Peninsula, which is quite scenic. It is. And indeed. you can see Catalina. On a clear day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it is LA. Uh, lots of bicycling there, a lot of walking places. There's yeah. a lot of cool lot bike of, paths. And, and and lots of um, paths along the beach. So jogging, looking yeah. for celebrities. I've seen a few <laughs> jogging along the beach. Okay. <laughs> there you go. 
So, and then the last thing that I have is a speakeasy. Oh. And you actually have to know the code to get into this place, apparently. Really? Yeah. It's called the Exhibition Room. It's a genuine speakeasy with dress codes and all and requires a reservation and password to get into. And you go in through a telephone booth. Uh, By the way, a telephone booth is a thing (laughs) that used to be attached to these wires (laughs) and you would pick it up. And if you actually wanted to call somebody, you would like spin this dial a specific number of times and then somebody would actually pick up. But if they were not there... (laughs) Then it just ring and ring and ring. Yeah, or if they were talking to someone else, it would go. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's a telephone for all those of you who weren't around. For all you youngsters out there. Yeah. Right. So. (laughs) All right. So, well, that's Long Beach. It's a it's a neat kind of cosmopolitan town. There's some great food there. There's the some great breweries. The Yard House. That's where it came from. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots of great beer at the Yard House. If you go, send us your pictures. We'll post ours and uh, it'll be like one of those days when you're at your mom and dad's house and you're looking at their slideshow. (laughs) It'll be cool. Except it'll be on social media, so that'll make it cool. That'll make it real. Yeah. You know what happened? It was on Facebook. That's right. All right. We will be right back after this. (laughs) Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries, breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. (laughs) Well, there you go. Long Beach, electricity. It's uh, another episode of Stressless Camping. Hopefully some of the information that we have here has helped you be a stressless camper. I hope so. As always, you can find us on our digital home at stresslesscamping.com, which is the jumping off point for all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, all, all of that good stuff. We also have a Facebook group, so you can find that through stresslesscamping.com too. It's all there. It's like our digital home. (laughs) Thank you again for listening. We appreciate your feedback and reviews and uh, we will see you next week here at the campground. And until then, happy happy camping. camping. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey. But don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit stresslesscamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm stressless camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping.